This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. On Friday, um, Public Safety Minister Marco Mendocino announced that the federal government is going to fast track the ban on the importation of handguns into Canada. They're not going to wait for it to go through legislative circles and be debated and passed as a law. I mean, that still is going to happen, but they're going to use a regulatory measure to do it immediately. Um, It will last until the permanent freeze is based in Parliament and comes into force. You remember it was back in the spring, um, I think it was May, where they announced um, new gun control legislation. And one of the items in there was uh, a freeze on the importation, the purchase, the sale, and the transfer of all handguns in Canada. But it didn't pass before we got into the summer break at Parliament. It is going to be debated once again in the fall. Um, and then, you know, go through the process and who knows how long it might take. It could theoretically last into next year before it actually does become law. Um, so rather than wait, the government has decided they will do this, uh, with the regulatory measure. The minister, uh, Melanie Jolie, foreign affairs minister says she has the authority to ban any import or export permit in Canada. So going to go ahead and do it. And of course, some people like the idea and others don't. That's how it is around gun control. Um, Right now, we're going to have a chat with uh, Dr. Wendy Sukir, who is the president of the Coalition for Gun Control. Uh, Dr. Sukir, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. So it would seem that the government came to a realization here that that the gun control efforts that they want to bring in, specifically around handguns, um, they don't want to wait. They'd rather do it now rather than wait for it to to go through the House and everything. Um, This is a move that you support? Yeah, for sure. I mean, what we've seen is... uh, a uh, huge proliferation in legally owned handguns. And remember, um, government has the power to prohibit any firearms not reasonably used in hunting. Handguns aren't used for hunting. They're not used for predator control. And uh, most of the handguns in Canada are imported. We've gone from 360,000 in about uh, 2005 to over a million and the handgun imports have doubled in the last six months so you know i i have a sense of urgency on this and i think you know we just have to look south of the border to see where things go if uh if you don't take action a million is too many in my view but this will at least turn off the tap and I think, you know, it was kind of interesting to hear um, Mendocino and uh, Jolie talking about it last week, saying when they initially announced this back in May, um, people bought up handguns like crazy, realizing that they were running out of time to do so. So this is an effort to try and keep uh, guns dealers from, from restocking the shelves and, and seeing more handguns go out. So in, a, in effect, between, you know, last May and now, it's been counterproductive as more and more people have bought more and more handguns. Well, exactly, and it's behavior we've seen previously when it comes to, you know, every time a gun is used in a mass shooting, you see a spike in sales because uh, gun owners are concerned it will be prohibited. So, um, you know, the majority of Canadians, even in your province, uh, support a ban on handguns. Mm -hmm. There may be debates about 
the level of controls on rifles and shotguns because they serve legitimate purposes. But even a lot of gun owners support a ban on handguns and, and military assault weapons. And they're only they're under three hundred thousand legal owners of restricted weapons in Canada. So it, those guns are concentrated in the hands of a relatively small number of people. And you know, I think the the strategy of banning the import and the transfer at least stems the proliferation. And and given the fact that we have seen legal gun owners involved in a number of mass shootings, and we've also seen legal handguns uh, stolen and used in mass shootings like the Danforth, um, I think most Canadians basically say enough is enough and want to stem the tide. But doctor, and I guess the argument here, and you know this, of course, I mean, the fact that you can mention an incident where a handgun was stolen and used in a crime like that, I mean, far, far, far more often handguns that are involved in criminal activity in our country are illegal and they're illegally smuggled. They don't go through any of these processes. This won't do anything to change that. So, I mean, that's the argument. How does this actually help? I mean, in the odd instance, like you say, it does, but overall, is this the best approach? Even in Toronto, 20, 20 to 25% of the handguns recovered in crime originated with Canadian uh, sources. And what you will find is in Alberta, it's a higher percent. And certainly in British Columbia, where they did a study of um, guns recovered in crime, the majority were at one time legally owned. So I think, you know, you have to look city by city and what you will see is in your province, uh, for example, gun um, gun crime is higher in rural communities because they're more legally owned guns. So uh, I can cite specific incidents, but the fact is that we don't have good data in Canada. We the the last testimony I saw from the commissioner of the RCMP was 55% of firearms that they have tracked. Um, which is not all of them, and recovered in crime were at one time legally sourced. Now, a lot of those... Is that all guns or or handguns in particular? It's all guns. It's all guns. But a substantial proportion are are handguns. And, you know, if if 25%, even if it is as little as 25%, and I don't believe it is overall in Canada, but if you're dealing with 25% of the problem, that's something. Absolutely it is. Uh, And like you say, I mean, the the data would be helpful. And there's no question. I mean, you take a look at what's going on in Calgary right now. They're running at double the five-year average in in the first six months of this year. Um, When you see what's happening with this, uh, I guess, what do we want to call it, a temporary regulatory action or whatever the case may be, um, would you like to see that brought in on more than just the handguns? Would you like to see them take the similar actions? I mean, it's different because you're not talking about import and export, but are you worried about the time span in between the announcement last May and when this may actually become law? I mean, the, the big issue for us is banning assault weapons and, and handguns. And with assault weapons, they're taking additional steps to buy them back and so on. But I think that, uh, I think that the, you know, one of the things that perhaps they should be looking at is the uh, proliferation as well of restricted weapons permit applications. I mean, look how long it takes to get a passport. I'm not sure we should be fast-tracking restricted weapons permit applications for new gun owners. So that would be something else that uh, certainly they could look at. But I think this is a very important measure and will as I said, won't solve the problem, but it's definitely like turning off the tap.
Yeah, and I guess the argument then is you reduce the number of handguns overall in the country, that reduces the risks of these handguns falling into the wrong hands, ultimately. Yeah, you're not actually going to reduce the number of handguns. You're going to hold them close. Yeah, sure. Yeah, A million is plenty. And uh, a million handguns, 300,000 restricted weapons owners, they're supposed to be restricted. Um, and, you know, what we've seen in recent years is the uh, it's, it's far too easy to legally get access to these firearms. And um, we've seen enough cases where uh, that has uh, dire consequences. And as I said, most Canadians support a ban on handguns. So this is not a small, um, you know, radical group of people pushing for a ban on on uh, all guns. This is a very specific focus on handguns and, of course, the other measures on military assault weapons. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very different conversation around the handguns. You're absolutely right. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for including me. That's Dr. Wendy Sukir, who is with the Coalition for Gun Control, president of the Coalition for Gun Control. Um, And the latest stats, uh, 67% of Canadians polled do want a ban on handguns. So let's call call it two-thirds. And uh, the government, uh, in in tabling this legislation, said the number of handguns registered in Canada has gone up 71% between 2010 and 2020, reaching approximately 1.1 million people, or uh, 1.1 million registered handguns. Um, That's where we stand. Um, now, again, the question is, and I'm sure our next guest will raise this very same question, the legal handguns, uh, and, and it's, I wish we could come up with this stat, but as she said, the data is not necessarily there in terms of how often when we're talking about handgun crime, is it one of these legal handguns that we're talking about? Or, I mean, that's the whole thing, right? If you're talking about 1.1 million legally registered handguns in Canada. How many are illegally brought into this country and are in the hands of people illegally and used in crime? I would ra- I would wager that uh, the guns that are used in crime in Canada, the handguns, uh, far, far and away are illegal versus legal handguns. Now, I get the argument of reducing the number or at least holding the number where it is and therefore reducing the chance of them falling into the wrong hands, but I can see the argument as this is misguided and is not necessarily going to help when it comes to the handguns because it's the smuggling. It's the illegal handguns that are the biggest problem. Um, We're going to take a quick break, though. Now we'll get the other side of the conversation when we come back right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Is this an effort of we're going to be, we don't want to be seen as we're not doing something, so we are going to do something. But in reality, what's it going to do? Because... The primary focus, I think, is the illegal handguns, right? That's that's where that's where the problem lies. Although, how do you deal with that? Laws, I mean, what do you do? I don't know. See if our next guest knows. Rod Giltaka, president of the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights. Rod, thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time. 
Thanks for having me. So first of all, let's respond. Uh, just your reaction to hearing that the federal government has decided to go ahead with this regulatory move causing, uh, well, pretty much an immediate freeze on the importation of handguns rather than wait for it to go through the uh, the typical you know passage of legislation. Well, I might exchange the word typical to appropriate. Um, the, uh, the, the Liberals love to misuse the order and counsel uh, privilege that they have. Uh, we're suing them in federal court over their previous use in the, in the gun ban. Uh, but basically, I think what you're seeing is uh, a Liberal government that's panicking. Um, they're failing on a lot of different fronts, including their so-called gun buyback program. They couldn't find a public sector partner to help them. They can't find a private sector partner to help them do it. So they want to make it look like it's not failing, that they're doing something. So I guess this is, uh, this is uh, where we're the whipping post for the Liberals, and uh, this is what we get, I guess. So, I mean, we know that most Canadians do support, I don't know if it's necessarily a ban on handguns, but stiffer gun control around handguns. It's a different category, isn't it, Rod? I mean, and, and our, our earlier guest, Wendy uh, Sukier, the president for the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights, was saying, you know what, they don't have a legitimate purpose in terms of hunting or predator, uh, predator control, those sorts of things. It is a different category in some ways, isn't it? We have an absolute legitimate purpose for ownership of handguns, and this has been going on for 100 years in Canada. This is nothing new. I think a lot of people, you know, they think that there's something new has happened, something's changed. But handgun owners in Canada, um, they have to um, be licensed. Yep. These firearms are registered. They're tightly controlled. Hand, handgun well, firearm owners in general are very responsible people, and we've owned them for sporting purposes and collecting forever. As I said, this is nothing new, and I think this is this is uh, one of the stumbling blocks we have in this conversation. People own these guns. They're not a threat to public safety. It's just a political convenience for some people. Okay, Rod, when we're talking about the handguns and, and the move being made by the Liberal government here, and I, I think by and large I agree with you. This is rather, um, rather than actually solving the problem, this is made to, we're doing something. I don't know how effective it's going to be in actually addressing it because we have the illegal handgun problem. So how do you solve that, Rod? I'm sure as a responsible and illegal gun owner, you're just as upset about the illegal guns and the gun crime. I mean, Calgary has seen a, you know, a doubling of the amount of gun crime in the first six months of this year over the five-year average. So, so what is the answer? What do we need to do here? Well, and of course we're upset about that. I mean, my, my kids are moving around in this society, my friends, my family, and myself. We all want a safer Canada. And in fact, gun owners just as much, if not more, than anybody else, because not only do we want a safer Canada, we want people to stop pointing the finger at right. us complete, without any foundation whatsoever by saying you're the problem. It's, it's, it's absurd. Um, but the, the problem with gun violence is it's violence, right? I mean, people, they, they parse off gun violence. It's just violence in general. So what, what are the social predeterminants for violence? Of course, poverty, lack of employment, lack of opportunity, lack of hope, uh, bad culture. You know, an interesting dynamic is the gang problem in Toronto is very much poverty driven but the gang problem in vancouver a lot of these most of these gang members come from middle class or affluent families so it's a lifestyle thing so we need to look at why people are behaving this way and pour our resources into that that way i don't get targeted for absolutely no reason and our problem actually gets solved how do we handle the illegal handguns coming into the country that i mean that's that's the question i mean it's great to say that yeah, let's solve poverty and let's solve gang violence no country on earth has been able to do that though rod so in the meantime um do we not need to try and limit the number of illegal guns in the hands of these people right now 
Of course we do. We need to do everything we can to limit the illegal, uh, illegally held handguns. So when it comes to the border, it's you're, you're also describing problems. Like you described the problem of poverty and violence as, I wouldn't say unsolvable, right, but a, a, a monumental yeah, challenge. absolutely. It's the same thing with the border. I mean, we just had someone caught for, for flying a drone across the border with 11 or 13 handguns on it. So, uh, again, I mean, you know, investments at the border, sure, that's great. But we have to solve our violence problem or the violence will never end. There's too many guns. There's 400 million guns in the United States, more than enough to, to, to keep on going for 100 years, even if all guns were banned today. So why don't we just focus on the social determinants of violence, get rid of that, and, uh, and, and enforce the laws that we have on the books. Um, Rod, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time as always. Thanks for the opportunity. You bet. That's uh, Rod Giltaka, who is the president of the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights. And I think, you know what, when it comes to gun control, um, I- I've always been f- very comfortable with the gun control that we've had in this country. I think a lot of it is reactionary to what happens in the United States. Indeed, um, this announcement followed one of the mass shootings in the U.S. I can't remember which one. Um, and I think that's disingenuous, too. I, I think when you take a look at gun violence in Canada, is it perfect? No, absolutely not. I'm not, I'm not saying that we don't have an issue here. And, um, but when it comes to gun control, um, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's the answer. I really and truly don't. I think I'm fully in support of gun control. I think the United States is, is a dumpster fire. I mean, it is so painfully obvious to anybody who looks at things, you know, honestly to recognize that they need some form of gun control in the United States. Um, but I think we have it, have had it. And I don't know if, if uh, what we're trying to do with, especially around this handgun uh, ban, is really going to change the equation all that much.